0: This is indeed a special day. I noticed that Beth uh, said that she felt special today, felt happy. Uh, you did not say that you felt blessed. And I'm, I'm sort of grateful for that, actually, because this is a Sunday that will be full of blessing. But I'm going to pick that apart a little bit. Uh, if Instagram or Twitter wrote the Beatitudes... It might go something like this. Blessed are the high earners, for theirs are the dollar-dollar bills, yo. (laughs) Blessed are the red carpet runway ready, for they will receive the swag. Blessed are the star sports ball players, for theirs are the teams that will earn the championship. Blessed are you when you struggle for great abs, For yours is the rock-hard bod. (laughs) Blessed are the all-expense-paid scholarship receivers. The envy of many will be yours. Blessed are you, who have children who smile adorably in every photo. You may sigh with relief that you have successfully kept up with the Kardashians. How very fortunate are you when people like and retweet you and utter every kind of smiley emoji beneath your photo. (laughs) Likewise, the celebrities before you were lauded in the very same way. I don't have to tell you, my friends, about the way that the word blessed has been distorted and misused and appropriated since Jesus preached the words spoken so beautifully by the children and young adults of our congregation. The Babylon Bee, whom some of you, I think Rachel has quoted them before, is an online satirical Christian website, a little like the onion for Jesus. Uh, And it has done a nice job also of pointing out um, the, the problem with hashtag blessed uh, in their article entitled, Study. People who use hashtag blessed much more likely to be blessed. (laughs) And I will read a few paragraphs. According to a recent study by the Barna Group, people who regularly use the hashtag blessed on their social media posts are much more likely to be blessed by God with good health, financial resources, successful relationship, and material prosperity. Quote, We compared those who routinely use the hashtag blessed against regular Christians who follow Jesus and never use it, a Barna Group representative told Reporters Tuesday. Those who use the hashtag are much more likely to be miraculously healed from diseases, discover money lying around on the ground, Find their way into higher social circles, circles, and even win the lottery. The report also found that those believers whose net worth was greater than one million dollars, over ninety-six percent used the hashtag #blessed daily, while those living in poverty almost or almost never almost never appended the hashtag onto their social media posts. Our findings indicate that it would make sense for Christians worldwide to start adding the blessed hashtag to all of their social media activity and even sometimes their spoken language, the representative urged. Hashtag blessed, she added. (laughs) You all know, you all know, blessing has so much more nuance than, and meaning than the world attributes to it and particularly the world uh, as embodied in social media. And I suspect that no one knows this better than a chaplain like Beth who daily sits with people struggling with the worst that life has to offer every day. Folk who sit with the question of where God is in the struggle and who still try to understand and experience the goodness and the presence of God and the depth of God's blessing through and in spite of that struggle, uh, some translations of the Beatitudes begin, "Happy are those." I think maybe this is an, op- a cha- uh, uh, an attempt by translators and interpreters to make it easier to understand the Good News Bible, with which was my like go-to Bible growing up. It was the one that I carried with me to camp. Uh, it was it, its interpretation was. Happy are those who mourn. Happy are those who are poor in spirit. But I don't think Jesus really cares about our happiness. I do not think so. That's constitutional language, political language. It's American language, for sure. But it is not biblical language. I do think that Jesus wants us to experience joy, And I absolutely believe that Jesus wants us to experience blessing. But I do not believe, and I don't think we believe together, that blessing is what the world believes it is. And especially not if you're looking at the pictures that are posted on social media. Many of you have by now become, many many of us in this community have become uh, familiar with the practice of consolation and desolation as a spiritual practice. Uh, Some of us know it by different names, by the examine, by uh, openings and blocks, or lightness and dark. And for a long time, uh, when I was teaching the youth groups, we would use the the terminology oil and sand. Uh, And what's wonderful about this spiritual practice is that it's an invitation into thinking about blessing— with a depth that moves beyond this is, this good thing happened, and therefore I am happy, and therefore I am blessed. Hashtag blessed, I mean. I like to challenge the youth, or I, I, when I was teaching the youth more regularly, I would say, and listen to me, young people, again, I'm a broken record, the oil, the consolation, or the blessing, it's not the moment that I won the soccer game. I hear a lot about soccer. It might, however, be the experience of camaraderie with teammates, the joy of engaging in a challenge and overcoming it, the satisfaction of growing in a skill, the pleasure of using the body with which God has gifted me. Consolation moves beyond happy into an emotional and spiritual understanding of knowing that God is present in all times and places. And further yet, maybe especially in times of mourning, in times when it is not happy, times of meekness, difficulty, persecution, A time when there is greater space for knowing God and inviting God in. Jesus invites his listeners to understand that there is blessing in those moments of vulnerability. The sacred is found when you're stretched to the limit. Blessed are you when you are at the end of your rope, translates Eugene Peterson. With less of you, there is more of God. Celtic spirituality has a notion that there are some times and places in life and in the world that are thin places. Moments, locations on the earth where the veil between what is human and what is God's, what is divine, is momentarily lifted or more transparent. And while the message, while Eugene's, well, Eugene Peterson's translation can be almost cringingly corny sometimes. What I like about this, this idea of there being more room for God when you are stretched to your limit. Is that it leaves room in those places where it feels like. Common sense might say God is not, to make more room. There is most certainly not room for God when Mercedes and dollar bills and swag and sports and hot bods fill up our mental and emotional space and force out room for emotional and spiritual reflection. Force out Jesus' words of blessing. Those things might make us happy, they might, but they do not bring us any closer to blessing. And I think that maybe, and certainly those of you who are chaplains would understand this better, what times of illness or distress do is strip away that stuff. A couple years ago, in the movie Inside Out, which I know many of the children in this room have seen, and some of the adults, The main characters in this movie are joy, sadness, fear, anger, and disgust. They inhabit the internal... uh, They inhabit the brain of an 11-year-old girl named Riley. The main thread of this movie is Joy's discovery that to be truly known and understand, she needs those other emotions and especially sadness. Our emotional and spiritual lives are more complex than happy. So when Riley, the possessor of these emotions, moves to a new city, she believes that the world wants her to be happy all the time. So joy, the character, pushes away sadness, and Riley doesn't allow herself to feel grief, so those other emotions take over, anger and disgust and fear, and they are poor substitutes for joy. But when sadness is allowed to do her work, Riley is finally able to grieve, and she experiences the joy and the consolation and the blessing of a caring and loving family and openness to new, the new experiences in this new place. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Jan Richardson is a writer beloved to me and known to Megan. Megan personally known to Megan, I'm a little jealous, uh, who has written a book full of blessing for the, the church year through the seasons. And in her introduction, she writes this about blessing. I found myself enchanted and compelled by the power of blessing. How in the space of a few lines, the stuff of pain and grief and death becomes the very substance of hope the stuff of pain and grief and death, the stuff of struggle, is not what we post publicly for the world to see. We do not hashtag that blessed. But those are the moments which really have the potential to be holy. Beth, blessed are you Oh, blessed are you when you sit with a parent who has lost a child. Blessed are you when you walk with women struggling with addiction. Blessed are you by the smudge of smoking sage. Blessed are you when you hold wrinkled hands. Blessed are you sitting silently at a bedside. Blessed Are you when you mediate between patients and doctors? Blessed are you, Beth, when you carry the grief and pain and struggle of others. You will weep, but you will laugh. You will carry this blessing with you, and you will be a blessing. May it be so. And may we sing our blessing to each other and to Beth.